anybody out there for girl how'd you get that gig i'm amy g along with my beloved partner celeste Garing, and we're doing a very special episode today celeste can you take it and introduce our gals to everybody because they're rock stars miss we can start with miss miranda ronan Yes, I would love to do that. The Eminem production crew, our podcast producers who we love immensely, who work so hard on this podcast and we can't thank them enough. First is Miranda and Miranda is a junior at Sonoma State and she helps from editing to marketing to you name it, sponsorship. She does it all. So she's been with us from the launch and we really love her. So Miranda, you want to add anything else that I missed? Yeah, I mean, I'm just super grateful to be here. Super appreciate it. It's an amazing experience. I just had to, when Amy told me about it, I was like, I have to get involved with this. So I'm so happy to be here and thank you for having me. Oh, great. We love you. And our newcomer, she's been with us about a month now, is Madigan. And she goes by Maddie. And Maddie is a senior at Clemson graduating this semester. Tiger, another school, but also a tiger. So Maddie is, she's, she's going to be an amazing sports psychologist, or she's going to kill it with remote ops. I met her when I was in Cancun. She was running remote ops for talkies and a whole entire army bowl. So she is a total baller. We're so happy to have her on our crew. Madigan, you want to give a shout out and say hello? I've been having so much fun working for y'all. It's been so cool. I feel like I'm learning so much just about all the different guests that you guys bring on and just from you guys. So it's been really fun. So thank you so much for having me. Well, we love you girls. And I know gals, you have some questions for us already. So how can our age and wisdom serve you today? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know you guys kind of covered this in our first episode, but the first question we had was just Kind of, if you could summarize again, how did you get your start in your career in sports? I got my career. I played basketball at LSU and I knew I wanted to work in the sports industry since I was young. So I literally networked with everybody that was in my network from the LSU Tigers sports information team to all the coaches to get an in at CNN Sports Illustrated, where I worked overnights, which was so much fun. Um, but it Actually, it was really fun, right? Like we log games and go to breakfast in the morning. So we definitely paid our dues, but that's how I got in. My answer is a little bit different than Celeste. I did not know I wanted to work in sports. I knew I wanted to work in television. Since I was a little girl, my mom would say that I would pretend to be a newscaster in my room. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, some kids play with Barbies, some pretend to be a newscaster. And uh, so I knew I always was interested and fascinated with the world of television. I kind of think because it was one place as a little girl, I felt I saw equality between men and women. There was a male anchor and a female anchor and he read and then she read. So I, looking back, maybe Maddie can, you know, psychoanalyze me one day and let me know if that's where it comes from. So I pursued a career in television. I went to UC Davis. I studied communications and I also worked at CNN. I did an internship uh, with UC Davis. It was called the UC in DC program that you had to apply to and get accepted into. And that was how I broke into CNN. And then that just led me into um, a, a career in retail, of course, like complete and total like diversion. And when I graduated from college, I took a job as a manager for the limited. If you guys even know what that store is, I bet Celeste does, but um, it was very popular long time ago. And I kind of gave up on television and then I got the bug. I got to be in my bonnet again and just picked up and moved to LA. 
I applied to 35 different TV stations, got a job in sales at a TV station that covered the financial market. And if I actually paid attention, the amount of money I would have today when I worked at that station, they covered the financial market. And then at two o'clock, they turned to a Spanish television station. I mean, it was like, it was the bizarro world. It was fantastic. We had so much fun. And that just basically kind of was that big step that I needed to take that led to producing news. I did overnights, the morning show, the evening news. Then I was able to jump into San Francisco, which is a much bigger market paid my dues. Of course, in paying your dues, you get laid off, which I did from what was Cron at the time, got married to Paul. And that was when fate put me and Celeste together. And Paul's boss at the LA Times, my husband's a sports journalist at the time he was with the LA Times, his boss, Rick Jaffe, had just left of the LA Times and gone to Fox Sports Net. So he made the jump from newspaper to television, interviewed me, and I got a job. And that's where I met Celeste. And the rest is history. I mean, it's just, then I was in sports and I kind of like went from one place to one place ending up at Fox Sports Net Bay Area, which is today NBC Sports Net Bay Area. And now I'm currently with the Giants and have 8,000 other jobs too, I think. Yeah, irons in the fire. Um, What would you tell someone looking to kind of break into the industry, um, what their first steps are to getting a job in sports? So I, for me, it's always about strategy. I think this comes from doing a playbook for sports, right? Like as a post player, I had to know where to go. So I'm a big strategist and everybody that knows me knows that I am. I think there's two ways to go about it. One, do you want to get your foot through the door? And if so, you know, maybe some of you don't know what you, what you want to do. So just networking like crazy, starting with your professors, your professors know a lot of people that have graduated that are working in the industry, start with them first. The other strategy I think is really the direction I went where I knew what I wanted to do. And so it was thinking about what questions could I ask people to answer to get my to the door so that they knew I had a strategy and I wasn't just someone who was asking for their time and energy with no um, idea where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. So I think, you know, you got to strategize for somewhere you want to go. Think about the quality questions you want to ask, not asking questions that are what everybody else asks, like, can you get me a job, right? Usually that doesn't work. It's really thinking about where do I want to go? How do I want to do this? And then executing the plan. And it's funny, my story is so different from Celeste because I backdoored this whole thing, right? Like I was news and I like landed in sports, but I landed in sports because of the skill set that I had. So where I would go in my path, and I don't, my path isn't for everyone. And I probably wouldn't recommend my path. I love Celeste path way more that if you know this is what you want to do then follow it I just didn't really know but knowing your skill set so we we interviewed Zena Keda not too long ago it's up on our YouTube page for people to watch but it's knowing what your strong skills are and identifying those as soon as you can right and you're going to identify more and more the older you get the more reps you get at something the more experience you get under your belt But when I interviewed with Fox Sports for my first sports gig, what I could do was I could tell a story. I was telling it in news every day. I could write. I was writing every day. I could interview people. I interviewed somebody every single day. I also knew how to work the inner workings of a TV station, 
who you need to befriend with an editor or a camera person or the lighting person, like get your, get your best crew together. Then that all translated into the sports world. It just was, I was telling a story now about an athlete. So I would go to really starting to identify your skill set, then selling yourself. Like Celeste was saying, like when somebody's interviewing you, you, they want to know what you want to do. So sell yourself. You have to sell that skill set. And even if you're kind of like, listen, I haven't done this area yet, but I've done this area and they very much cross over. These skills will work here as well. And knowing that and selling that is a, is a really, really important thing to do when you're first trying to break out into this industry. The second thing is just networking, network, network, network. You cannot do enough. Ask anyone in the industry. Now you have access to everyone through social media, DM them, message them, all of your little, whatever the little sayings are, right? Just get in touch with them. And you have so many ways to be able to do that now and ask them. These are keywords for an informational interview. Then they don't feel pressure. They don't feel like you're going to be asking them for a job or a reference because everybody's time is valuable, right? And everybody wants to help, but they don't want to get into a situation where they're going to be used. So it's really about using the right words, trigger words to get that informational interview. Then if you impress that person, they're going to remember you. They're going to tell who they work for. You know what? I talked to this really fantastic college student today and she seems really with it. And even though she doesn't have the experience, man, I think she's a quick learner. So, and I think that's a big thing in our industry is you're going to make mistakes. Do you make them again? Don't make them again. If you make them again, you're out. But if you're a quick learner, you're going to stay. So I think what we could go with that too, Celeste, I'd love for you to jump in here, is the ability to evolve in this industry when the position you had is taken away, which is what happened to my position as the in-game reporter uh, for the San Francisco Giants with NBC Sports Bay Area. They eliminated that position. And so we had to use that word I love so much, pivot. (laughs) How have you had to pivot, Celeste? Well, they say you haven't worked ever in the industry unless you have been laid off. So Amy, yes. you and I have We've been there a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, but I do think, you know, we are always reinventing ourselves. And those of us that are in the industry, I think are naturally for the most part, curious people. So evolving is what we do to stay afloat. So for me, I had to really learn about remote operations. And when I was learning about remote operations, I had talent that would pull me in and say, Hey, do you want to learn how to field produce? Sure. Let me go out and learn how to do this skill set. Let me learn how to do this skill set. So that when jobs came up, I was, you know, first in line or people were thinking about me as that top candidate. And I think that's really good information for a lot of you that are out there. Your whole entire career, you are going to be pivoting, as Amy says or evolving. And a lot of times the connections that you have in the network you're doing, because remember, you're not going to stop at job one. We do this all the time. Amy and I are constantly checking up, checking in with people to say, how you doing? What's going on with your life? We will continue to do that our whole entire career because not only are we caring people, of course, but it really helps when that new job comes up because people are already thinking about all of you out there instead of the job posting. And then all of a sudden you're applying for it. In my mind, I'm already like, okay, I would hire Miranda to do this. I would hire Maddie to do this if a job ever came available. Right. Mm -hmm. So just knowing 
I think that you are going to pivot and you are going to evolve because a lot of you that come into the industry, people are staying in the job one to three years anyway, whether you choose to go or the company chooses to depart with you. Mm -hmm. um, it's really a fact of life. And if you can sit there and say, okay, how am I learning and growing in this next phase? What do I want to do? It's kind of cool if you look at it that way, because you're constantly reinventing your skill sets mm -hmm. and you're growing at the same time. It's just sometimes you would rather not be forced to do it, right? You would rather do that on your own, but sometimes it's a good thing when the company forces you to do it because you can get really real with yourself and say, okay, am I still going to continue in this direction or do I kind of want to go over in this way and learn something new? Well, and I would add to that too, you know, I mean, whether the company departs with you or goes bankrupt, if you're watching what's happening in major league baseball with our, with our regional coverage, it, it, it helps as you get older, but you guys are so young that if you lose a job, I remember when I lost my job at Cron right before I got married, I was depressed for days and somehow thought it was my fault. Like I could have stopped it or why I felt like a failure and I had no say in it, you know, and all these years later of reflection, when it happened again, I was, I still felt really lousy, really lousy. Nobody likes to get that call, but I knew from experience that it wasn't my fault. I work my butt off and I wasn't going to play victim. And so that's something the earlier you can kind of get that mindset, like, okay, I'm not going to lay around and feel sorry for myself. I have skills that work in multiple places and it may not be in TV for a minute or two while you're making that transition. It might be for PR for, but you can still work in sports, right? Like you could work for the PR for the team or marketing for a team, but think outside of the box when uh, life throws you some curveballs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm kind of going off of that, like, the sports industry is so like ever changing, obviously. And obviously the idea of like having to pivot so much is extremely nerve wracking. Like, do you have, did you have any moments where you were like, oh my gosh, like this is too much. Like, I know Amy, we always talk about fake it till you make it. But in this case, like, how did you push past at those moments of like, is this going to work out or not? Do you have any tips surrounding that? I'm kind of curious if her answer is similar, Celeste. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to my partner in Paul. And he works in the same industry and I'm very fortunate. We do different things, but I have a partner that really understands the demand of what I do uh, and how often things change in our industry and he can pick me up or I can pick him up. And the time that I really felt Miranda that I might want to hang it up was when I wanted to have children. And I thought that there wasn't a way to have both. I really thought I had to leave and find more of a nine to five situation, part-time situation, maybe become a t teacher. So I would have the same schedule as my children, stuff like that. That's what my mom did. And, you know, we kind of like, kind of how I backdoored into sports, I backdoored into parenthood too. And I was <laughs> covering the uh, final four in New Orleans, Celeste, uh, alma mater and found out I was pregnant. And it wasn't planned. We we weren't ready. And so then it was almost like, you know, sometimes the less time you have to think about something, the better. And I was already co uh, contracting and freelancing for what was then Fox Sports Net Bay Area. And I ended up having a r ridiculously understanding boss, even though it seems like it's 
should be normal that you have break, you get pregnant and you still keep your job. But when I got pregnant 19 years ago, it was really scary. And I thought I might lose my job because I wouldn't be as available to them as I had been. Now it's becoming really celebrated. Like Alyssa Nakin, who coaches for the Giants, is pregnant, right? And so she's going to trailblaze here. What are they going to do? Because she's going to have the baby in February. So those boys better get used to hearing a baby cry on the plane on the road because she's going to need to take the baby. So um, I love where we're going with it, but absolutely. And I've had multiple moments, whether it's wanting to have a family or my confidence being completely shattered, you know, when I first started with the giants and the fan reaction and the local media reaction to me on, in this new job that I had no job description for, I was like, well, you know, I can't say it. I can't say what I want to say, but I was like, forget this. But I didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but Paul said, keep going. You got to finish the season, right? It was like with our kids when they wanted to quit something, we're like, no, you have to finish this out. So I did. And and I remember having conversations with Celeste over the years, find yourself a really great support group in this industry and you will be golden because hands down, they've experienced what you're going through and can either help you push through or tell you, you know what? You are done. If it's not fun anymore, you're done. What do you got Celeste? Well, I think, to, I think to add to that, you know, one of the things I think that's so hard about working in the industry is when you make a mistake, you feel like you're totally exposed. Now, Amy is at a whole different level, right? But I mean, even I felt that way. I remember when I was 24 and I had met a really cute guy and he moved to Los Angeles to be a field producer. <laughs> and Do I know this guy? I know him. I think um, I know this guy. <laughs> you know him too. Um, but I called through contacts, through networks, and this is how dumb I was. I called the hiring manager, Rodney Triplett, and I said, hey, my boyfriend just moved to Los Angeles. I see you're posting jobs. Do you have anything available for me? All I want to do is something different than what I've been doing. And he goes, well, what have you been doing? And I said, well, I've been working on a feed service. I cut highlights. I cut video of all the teams and the players. And he's like, okay, we'll move you out to LA, and here's your starting rate. Now, at that time, no one had ever taught me to say, is that negotiable at all? So Amy, I, totally I don't like that rate. Yeah. I, it was horrible. Like I'm embarrassed. Like I'm still embarrassed. I'm like, I teach this all the time. And the fact that I asked that question, cause I didn't know. Right. And I moved out there and I took a really low paying job and I found out what everybody else made. I thought in that moment, I cannot run with the big dogs. I am from small town, Idaho, one stoplight, 4,000 people, what the heck am I doing in LA, right? There are more people on the movie lot than there are in my hometown. So I was really intimidated, but I always tell this story and I'm like, it's all right though. I ended up marrying the guy, like it all worked out, right? So sometimes out. like- We love Dennis. Happen in your life where and where it's going to take you. But for me, it wasn't about the money. It was about love. Which is, I love that. Yeah. So many of us make that decision and it doesn't work out. So kudos to you, girl. <laughs> Working in the sports industry, it kind of seems like an industry where you have to put a lot of your personality on display for a lot of people. And that can be really nerve wracking, um, at least in my opinion. Do you have any um, moment? Have you had any moments feeling shy or uncertain? And how did you push through that if you did? Oh, I think our answers are going to be a little different, too, because I'm in front of the camera. And Celeste is on camera work, too. But I think majority is uh, behind the camera. So it's, nobody's going to believe this when I say it, because I'm actually a really shy person. 
And I'm really uncomfortable walking into a room of people I don't know. Like if I'm going to meet friends at a restaurant or a bar, I'm like, are you guys there? Are, are you there? Are you there? Because I'm not going in until you're there. Let me know when you're there. And then like, tell me exactly where you are. I want a beeline for the person I'm going to see. I don't want to look around. I feel for, I'm 5'10". So I kind of stick out and then I feel like people are watching you not have anybody to hang out with. And I don't know why that it affects me, but it always does. I get like a visceral reaction to going somewhere by myself. I hate it. And then here I am in this workplace of all men having to walk like on a field across the field from dugout to dugout, get a manager's attention, make a player talk to me. And I think what I do is just go into a different persona. And I think I do that Miranda when I teach, I just something, I just turn into Amy G versus Amy Gutierrez, who I am at home and who I am in my hometown. Um, a good example is like I, where I work out right in the morning. I don't really talk to anybody and I'm pretty sure I walk out of there because I'm known and people are like, Oh my, she's not nice at all. She seems really nice on the broadcast. And then she comes here. She doesn't even talk to us. And if that's the case, I'm sorry. And then I'm not sorry. Cause that's my time. So I've learned to get to a place where when I'm going to get a coffee at Starbucks and you want to, you know, ask me 8 million questions about the 8 million giants call-ups. That's not the time. I'm not going to talk about it right then and there. I will talk about it on the broadcast. I'll talk about it on, on my social media. I'll talk to the players and it'll be on YouTube. I'll talk to you about it at the ballpark, but I'm not going to talk to you about it when I'm a sweaty pig just out of the gym, getting my coffee. Like this is my time or when I'm with my kids. And so it is hard. It's re- And I really struggle with it, Maddie. I I really struggle with the loss of my privacy becoming a public figure. It's very hard for me. And then anywhere where I kind of make money is on the public platform, whether I'm, you know, hosting a book signing because I decided to write a book, right? I've written four now. And so then I got to go meet people and kind of be on, or I'm in a broadcast or I'm hosting something, emceeing something teaching, I have to be on. So I kind of, I do like an op on thing and I've just gotten more comfortable in my off mode in my hometown and with my family and friends to be okay with not engaging with the fan base at that time. And I will tell you this, this is like, this is for anybody who's listening. When you come up to somebody who's, you know, famous, I guess is like, I don't know if I even am that word, but in, I'm like a, uh, z-list celebrity right and you say i'm so sorry to bother you but that it's like my number one pet peeve you are not sorry you're gonna do it so i'd much rather you just say hey i i know you're with your family but i really hoping you could take a picture with me or just just give it to me straight marina knows that about me right just give it to me straight don't say you're sorry you're not sorry. So that's just advice for the whole world for, and that's for anybody out there. When you go up to Jennifer Aniston, she doesn't like that either. I don't think she likes that because you're not sorry. It's not genuine. Uh, so you have to get used to kind of being interrupted and having people recognize you and don't know, you don't know them. They think they, that I know them, right? Because they know me. And Paul's always telling me that my husband, he's like, they just feel like they know you. So 
be nicer. And I'm like, I, I'm really nice. I'm actually really nice. I'm just very shy. So I hope that answers your questions a little roundabout. Yeah. And I think, you know, the different perception I have, and I agree with Amy about personas and that's how I really view it too, because if you let someone see all of you, you're going to feel extremely vulnerable, right? Like I lead a lot of people. So when I was at the London Olympics in 2014, the biggest compliment I ever got from a talent was, hey, Celeste, you took care of the nuts and bolts from water to prepaid cell phone cards to maps of the city to discounts at Harrods, right? Like things that all women- big. That, That's big. <laughs> that were very important. Very um, important. Yeah. And, you know, they would say, so we just got to shine and do our thing. And that was really heartwarming for me because I, as a leader and a hiring manager and a manager, I have to worry about everybody. And so I've had people who have seen me in a different light, right? Like they know me through my company or they know me through um, events that I've been at. And then they've actually been working for me at the Super Bowl. And they're like, holy Toledo, who are you? We don't even know who you are. And I'm like, well, we got to get stuff done. We're on deadline. We got to make it happen. So I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not as nice because we're just not chilling right now. Like, we're going to work. And I think sometimes women especially get a bad rap for that, Amy, right? Like, just that, yeah. we're into that work mode and kind of like, Maddie, what you were saying, it's how do we still like have our personalities where we're going through it, right? Like, how do we show that persona of ourselves, but at the same time, get things done? And I think that's sometimes women are so much harder on ourselves than men in that situation, I think. I don't know how you feel about that, Amy, but I see it a lot with women with their confidence levels. They're just like, oh, I'm not nice or I'm not who I usually am because I'm so stressed out. Like I have 50 people that want to talk to me or I have mm-hmm. the answers I have to come up with. Anybody would be stressed in those situations. Totally. And I, I think it's definitely a, a hill that women have to climb versus men in regarding like when you get to it and you have a sense of urgency at all, then you're seen as aggressive, bitchy, um, you know, unapproachable. I get, I get that a lot um, in my private life. Like, Oh, you just seem unapproachable. Why? Cause I'm out doing errands and getting stuff done. Cause I got to pick up my kid. Like, you know, could we not be so sensitive as a society in general and also could we stop assuming could we just stop assuming that somebody's not nice because they're in work mode and also i'm kind of like miranda knows this like how about everybody else pick it up a little bit and have have, have everybody had a little bit more urgency in life where would we be you know how successful could we be how um working collaboratively collaboratively could we be uh, so I totally agree with that. And I remember when I first met Celeste, I was like, mm, this girl gets things done, but that, that worked for me. Like I was like that too. And I reached out, I gravitated towards people like that because that's what I was like. I want to be surrounded by people who are doers. I mean, you guys are on a text chain with me. You see it 6am. Hey, let's go. Here's what I got. Da, 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 da. And not everybody's like that, which is fine, but a piece of advice is to find your people again, like not just as a support group, but, but to be successful and to be productive, surround yourself with people that are like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, um, we're just about out of time. I think we need to wrap, but I, I did want to ask uh, both Miranda and Maddie what your goals are so that if anybody's listening and they might have the same path that you're taking, they know that you guys are working for a podcast, a sports podcast. Miranda, let's start with you. 
Yeah, I I think it's obviously college is a really ever-changing time. So it's hard to kind of know, like, I feel like unless you're that one individual who's like, this is what I'm doing, I'm doing it. It's hard to know exactly kind of where you want things to end up. As of right now, I would love to work in sports media and marketing. The podcast has been a great opportunity for that. Just, you know, working on graphics, learning editing, um, specifically in baseball, love baseball and getting to work with Amy has been amazing. Just, you know, big thing I think mm-hmm. about being a college student is learning who the, like the type of people that you want to work with, the people who you feel like push you. And I think that that has been amazing working with both Celeste and Amy and just seeing like women in these positions in these, unfortunately, as it's changing though, like male dominated industries, you know, who are like, this is how it's going to get done. And like, let's do it. Like, go-getters and it's just mm-hmm. been so inspiring so definitely yeah like I said sports media and marketing um you know working on internships is a great way to do that so hopefully I can keep you know pushing and getting new experiences but that's kind of where I'm headed hopefully you're a rock star you are just don't leave us yet Patty. um so I'm kind of a person that Miranda said comes into school knows exactly what they want to do so I've always been really interested in psychology and I've always had a really special place in my heart for student athletes and athletes who play at such high calibers because of just all of the pressure like I know just being in college is a lot for me and I you know I have to really work on my mental health and then you add on D1 football it's gonna be a lot so um and then I met Celeste at the Army Bowl, where I also fell in love with the operations side. And I just really want to help these athletes learn more about sports. And I feel like it's such a good community mm-hmm. that I'm always surrounded by just people who want to like better themselves, work with really awesome people. Um, so it's been so amazing to be here. And I'm learning so many new things. I Yay. learned a, a um, tease. That was a big thing. Cutting down. We're going to cut down our words, right? Cutting down my words. That's my big thing. All right. So for you ladies, uh, we've got uh, Cosmina Shulman coming up. That's going to be our next episode. And uh, that'll be episode six. With this in the can, we've got five. I'm proud of us. Me too. And I'm I'm proud of our girls, Celeste. They're so glad everybody got to see them. So amazing. I just, and I think like the biggest thing too is I learned from them, you know, all the time. I'm just like, Hey, like, let's have this conversation. What are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? So it's so much fun. You think I'm not going to go to them on how to figure out to, how to do this Instagram live thing. <laughs> That'll be the I think that's, that's advice for me and Celeste is surround yourself with youth, right? Cause it, it, this technology is evolving. Like it's just too fast. It's way too fast for us. But w- if you surround yourself with people who know how to do things, you can delegate and learn. You're always learning. So thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of special edition Q and a, I hope that we gave you some advice that is helpful. I'm sure we'll do it again because there's always questions coming in. And until then, uh, keep watching, keep listening, and we'll see you on the next podcast of girl. How'd you get that gig? Mm-hmm.